when I was running, I wasn't that focused. I was kind of like zoned out and just being like, Oh, I'll just go at whatever speed, you know, the Hills are taking me. But when I stopped and I walked, that's when I would become like ultra focused on my pace. Dizones Radio episode 752 starts in three, two, Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. guys uh, real quick before we dive into today's episode a couple of quick reminders one if you haven't gotten in into the giveaway yet what are you waiting for if you're new to the show each and every month one of the things that i do is pick one one winner to uh, win a free custom training plan courtesy of me created for you specifically for the race of your choice it's not some cut cut and paste thing it's not some cookie cutter thing it's literally the exact same plan that i would work you know create for you if you had hired me if you paid me to do it uh, but i'm doing it for one person for free each month and to get yourself entered all you need to do is head over to disruns.com slash giveaway into your name into your email address and bada boom bada bam you are entered to win and you don't have to re-enter each month you are automatically entered to win each and every month until that fateful day when the random number generator smiles upon you. So the odds are never as good as they are today. So get yourself entered and I'll be picking a winner, the next winner, soon. Also, quickly, before we get started today, don't forget that the Diz Days of Summer virtual challenge is approaching. We're just about a month, actually a m- one month from the day this show gets released. Things will be going. Things will be already have begun. Uh, so get yourself entered. Dizruns.com slash D-D-O-S. That's Delta Delta Oscar Sierra. That'll get you started. Get all the information for you. Uh, once again, it's a fundraiser for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. All proceeds are going right to them via me for the, uh, or not via me, via um, my my fundraising page for the 2020 Goofy Challenge. So uh, if, if you're on the fence, would love to have you join us. You can pick your challenge, whatever you want it to be, whether it's a distance, whether it's number of, of runs in the in the time period, um, cross training, yoga, whatever whatever you need a little uh, kick in the pants to make happen over two weeks in August. Uh, that's what the Diz Days of Summer Virtual Challenge is all about. So head over to dizruns.com slash D-D-O-S. Get yourself entered. Uh, got lots of, of digital swag coming your way as well to the tune of well over $150 worth of courses and resources and ebooks and guides from a, a whole host of running coaches, personal trainers, nutritionists, and et cetera from all around corners of the internet, mostly people that have been on the show in the past. So check it out, disruns.com slash giveaway to get entered into the giveaway, disruns.com slash D-D-O-S to join us for the Dis Days of Summer virtual challenge starting August the 11th. And now, without any further ado, let's go ahead and dive in. To today's episode of the show. Hey guys, so uh, today playing a little catch up with uh, somebody who was first on the show a couple years ago. And as, as the stars would align as we're recording this, um, I think we're like two years and like 10 days or something like that since uh, since that first episode went out. But as you're listening to it, about two years and, and one month. But uh, you know, who's, who's splitting hairs? Who's keeping track anyway? Uh, in the time since our first chat, 
Uh, lots has changed. You know, I mean, two years. Things are always changing day to day, let alone yet you mix in a couple of years away and, and wow, things change. Uh, in his case, just a few things I know kind of off the top of my head and keeping keeping track. Uh, there's another baby in the mix at, at his household. Uh, his podcast <laughs> still going strong, which is always exciting to know that uh, somebody who's been doing it uh, a long while as well. Uh, love to see that, that longevity in the podcasting game. And, uh, you know, a fairly new uh, result, which we're definitely going to dive into quite a bit. Fresh off of winning a uh, a stage race, a multi day race, five miles, I believe, about one hundred and forty three or five days, one hundred and forty three miles, um, which uh, he's he's bursting at the seams to talk about. So we're gonna we're gonna let him gush on it a little bit, maybe uh, convince me to come out there and, and run it uh, one of these years, and maybe convince a couple of y'all to, to join us as well. Um, but uh, needless to say, lots of things to catch up on and dive into and <laughs> see what happens. So without any further ado, it is definitely a a pleasure to welcome Mr. Chris Ward back to the show. So thanks for uh, humoring us coming back and uh, hanging out again, Chris. Appreciate it. Dude, thanks for having me. And uh, speaking of the other baby, um, I interviewed Denny a couple weeks ago for my podcast, and <laughs> I thought she was going to nap through the whole thing, and I ended up having to, like, I had, like, five different chairs set up. I was, like, bouncing her, you know, and then I was just hitting mute after every question, <laughs> and you just handled it like a pro. It was amazing. <laughs> yes, yes. We, uh, you know, that, that's the, I don't always do, and, and sometimes do, sometimes don't, but have the video on while we're recording these things, and having the video on there made a, a world of difference, because I could see if you were ready to talk or not so much, and it was just like, hey, this is Chris's <laughs> show, but I'm just going to steal, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to keep talking. And, uh, and yeah, so guys, if you haven't checked that out, you can, you can check it out. It's, I think it's episode 151, 150, something like that. A recent episode, um, of the like a Bigfoot podcast, which is Chris's podcast. You can, you can find it at like a bigfoot.com. You can find it obviously wherever podcasts pretty much are sold or freely distributed. Uh, you can, you can get it there. Um, probably wherever, whatever app device, whatever you're listening to this on, you can probably just search for like a Bigfoot and you'll find it. And just a couple back, couple episodes back is, uh, is our chat. Uh, you can also connect with Chris on social media, uh, Instagram, Twitter, same handle, both places, which makes it easy. And the same handle as the, as the website, same uh, as the podcast at like a Bigfoot on all things social. Dizruns.com slash four, two, two. Quit cutting me off here, brother. I got, I got a job to do. Uh, Dizruns.com slash 422 is the link to get back to the first episode of the show. If you want to dive dive a little bit deeper into some of the uh, the early days of, of Chris's running experience. And uh, if you want to get the show notes for today, Dizruns.com slash 751 is the link that will take you back to back to the show notes, the Cliff's notes of today's conversation. So, Chris, you're, you're, try, you're trying to jump in. What do you got to say, my Dude. friend? I was just about to say, like, you should do marketing for every podcast because that was just so concise and way better than I've ever attempted. I'm always just <laughs> like, hey, look where you find podcasts and stuff. <laughs> I mean, you say it was concise, but I it's, it, I have like three three words in my notes and, and you know, about 40, 4,500 words that just flew out of my mouth. So, you know, That's concise true. is in the eye of the beholder. But uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, on, to, on to business at hand. So, so, Chris, you've been here before. I know you've listened to at least a couple episodes at various points along the way. Um, and you know that, uh, that it's the, it's the same question, whether you, you come back for the, the second time, third time, fourth time, at least we start here. Cause you know, again, I mean, things change over the course of a couple of years. You, you experiment, you try some different races and, and who knows, maybe it's the same answer. Maybe it's not, but I'm still going to ask it. What is your favorite distance to race and why? All right. So originally I said 50 K and I love 50 K. I'm like, that's my whole goal in life. I feel like is to get people to sign up for a 50 K because 
it's like this great like entryway to adventure, right? It's a, almost a full day, not quite a full day, but you're out there, you're exploring the wilderness for like a significant amount of time. And you do go through those dark spots and you know, the pain cave and all that stuff. So that was my original answer. I'm not going to stick by it though, because, um, last week I ran, um, that 140 mile stage race. And this was my second year running it. It's called desert rats. Um, the Cocopelli, I think it's called desert rats, Cocopelli stage race. And I got to tell you, man, it was completely life-changing both years. And I've absolutely fallen in love with this event. Um, I don't think like, unlike a 50 K you could run multiple 50 Ks through a year. I'm not sure most of us, it would, it wouldn't be reasonable to run a six day, five day stage race, um, multiple times a year, which might be what makes it special. If that makes sense, you know, it's, yeah, it's such a big, like, it's a big commitment and yet the event is unlike any other event I've ever been a part of. Gotcha. Gotcha. And it's, it's, uh, as I was telling you before we got started and I think I may have dropped a few hints here and there, uh, the, the, the stage race idea or the, the, you know, the, the multi-day events or, you know, various, various forms of them with various organizations, um, is something that's, that's intriguing me and something that I'm, I'm interested in, in hearing a bit more about, but you know, for the, for this one, I, I can look at this and do the math, you know, 140 plus miles divided by five, five days. So we're looking at, you know, almost if we, if we want to round it up and make the, make the numbers real easy, we're looking at about 30 miles a day, uh, on, on average. So just, just under the 50 K distance. And I can think back to the, the three fifty Ks that I've run the first one, maybe throw that one out because I wasn't as well prepared and, and didn't know exactly what I was getting into. And I was pretty feeling pretty rough the next couple of days or the next probably couple of weeks after that one. But the last two fifty Ks that I've, I've run, um, you know, in better shape, better, you know, better trained, better able to, to wrap my head around running 30, 30 ish miles. Um, but I'm not sure in either of those cases that the next day, the idea of running another 30 miles was, was too appealing. Like I, I was, I was, I think after both of them, I was walking around. Okay. You know, but my legs, my legs could tell that something had, had happened. And, uh, you know, like I said, no rush to run even five miles, let alone another, another 30 and then again, and then again, and then again. So, um, you know, for, for lack of a better way of, of asking the most obvious question in the world, like what, what is, what is that like doing these multi-day, you know, this isn't like 5k a day. This is 50k a day. What, what, what is that? Yeah. What is that like from a physical standpoint? Physical? I mean, okay. So here's the little secret. If you just eat nonstop, <laughs> as soon as you get into camp, you just eat and you sit on your butt in the shade. <laughs> you actually surprisingly recover quite well. And then in the morning you wake up and you're like stiff and stuff, you know what I mean? But then um, you sit there and you drink like five cups of coffee. At least that's what I did. That was my strategy. Um, and as soon as you start going, your legs loosen up a bit. Um, this event doesn't necessarily break down to 50 or 550 Ks. Um, the, first of all, the events over six days and the way they have it. So it's through a company called Gemini adventures. And, um, this guy Reed Delman is the, uh, race director. And he's this, he's this dude, he's done so many adventures. He's this guy, he's an MMA fighter. Um, like lifelong wrestler, like just complete badass. Uh, and he's kind of like the two, him and the other race director, uh, Kyla Claudel, 
they kind of play the good cop, bad cop, right? Like Reed's all like, I want to, I want you to suffer, but I also want you to get to the finish line, but I want there to be a lot of suffering in between. <laughs> and then Kyla's kind of like comes in as the good cop, like, but you know, we'll help you out, like whatever you need. And if you want a beer, we'll give you a beer, you know, like stuff like that. Um, the event, so it's on the Cocopelli trail. It's from Fruta, Colorado. And then you cross the desert to Moab, Utah. Um, and through this crossing, you know, each day you're running a variety of different distances just based on like where the most convenient campsites are mm. for the crew to pull in and set up camp every night. Um, and so the first day is 20 miles. Um, second day is the long day is 38. And this might not actually add up to 140. I haven't done the math yet, but <laughs> second day is... I mean, that, that's ultra running in general though, right? Like we'll give you, we'll give you a yeah. ballpark, but who knows if, if it's going to be, how, how yeah. accurate it's actually going to be. Yeah, exactly. So the second day is 38 miles. Um, and then the way they have it laid out, though, is really good because the second day is a long day. Uh, but the third day is the quote unquote sprint day. And it's nine miles. You get done in a couple hours and then you have the whole afternoon to rest, um, recover in preparation for a Thursday, which is the expedition day. And it's like 42, 43 miles. Um, and a lot of like you climb up into the mountains on the expedition day. Uh, and then you finally, so uh, then you get a day off after that, which is really nice. And you kind of you either go down to the beach by the Colorado river, or this year it was actually fairly cold. So we went, um, and just kind of like toured around like all the cool Moab stuff, like towers of, mm -hmm. of rock and whatnot. Um, and then the last day you end with a marathon and it's just funny cause the way your brain plays tricks on you after doing a 41 mile day, you're like, Oh, I only have a marathon today. This isn't going to be that bad. <laughs> but I mean, to get back to your original question though, like honestly, you just like what I learned last year. So this is my second year coming back. And last year I remember sitting down uh, with this guy named Ryan and he had won the race like five years in a row and it was set in course records, like just a complete fast, like awesome runner. And that was his advice. He's like, just con constantly be eating food all day. Like they give you dinner. They have like a chef in the desert. Like I ate the best meals I've ever had <laughs> in the desert uh, covered in dirt and sweat and all this stuff. But, um, he's like, make sure you get like seconds or thirds of each meal. And, and you actually, your body actually can recover that fast, which is, which is weird and unexpected. And that's why I like coming into this, the second year I had a little more confidence because just like you just like, just like you just said, um, I was worried about that. Like, yeah. Same with me. I know how I feel after a 50 K and mm -hmm. it's not good. Um, and imagining going from a 38 mile day to attempt to run the next day, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to recover in that time. Um, but surprisingly your body just adapts and you, you are able to. I, I wonder, and I, I feel like I've, I've experienced this a bit with, you know, just just quote unquote, just single day races. But as, as you keep creeping up the, the mileage ladder, um, you know, it's like, I, I almost wonder if it's kind of, like I said, the mental thing of like, when you're running quote unquote, just a 50 K it's like, I'm running just a 50, like 
this this is it. I get to the finish line and I'm done. Yeah. Versus versus in this situation where it's like, all right, I've got thirty something miles today. I've got another fifteen to like. You kind of know that that that's what the score is. So you know, yes, you finish. Yes, you're tired, but mentally you're still checked in because you know that you've got these you know five days of running with that one off day mixed in and so you know when you finish your, your mind isn't telling you that you're finished it's like all right we're finished for today but we're going tomorrow does, does that make sense and maybe play into it as well yeah i mean definitely the first few days you have that in your mind of like okay i have to i have to i can't go like all out right. on the first day like i'm not going to be sprinting up any of these hills even the second day like i said 38 miles and the scenery changes as you approach Moab. And so the second day really is the most kind of like desolate day. Um, and it's pretty flat, right? But even on that day with like slight uphills, I was telling myself, I got to walk the uphills. Right. Even though I probably felt good enough to run them, I was thinking to myself, oh yeah, I have to like make sure I have enough in the tank to end this week. So you're, you're 100% right. That it definitely plays a part and it's just, it's interesting the strategies that kind of go along with it. And most of the strategies aren't really to like race necessarily. The strategies are mostly for like self preservation (laughs) and, and (laughs) letting you survive that 41 mile day that you know is happening later in the week. All right. Well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to let you give us that teaser and then not dive into it. So what are, what are, what was your strategy? What are some of the other strategies that you heard maybe around camp or from other, other runners that went into it as far as how to get through this, this, I mean, you know, let's not, let's not, uh, kid ourselves. This is a, this is a tough event, even though it's, it's fun. It's something you really enjoyed. Um, that much running the scenery, the, the climate, uh, this year was, I don't know, probably a little bit, uh, Although maybe it was nice having it be cooler than having it be super hot, but it was nice. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> but but what were some of those strategies that uh, that you've seen play out and that you've tried for yourself? Um. So yeah. Uh. I guess number one, honestly, for me, it was not going into it with expectations. Um. Especially the second year, you know, going into it the second year was interesting because it's kind of like I know how I felt in day two, the previous year. You know, like I felt pretty crappy (laughs) day two, like destroyed me the previous year. And I didn't want to have an expectation lining up at the start line being like, I'm going to feel crappy today because I did last year, if that makes sense. And then, um, instead though, like going with, and it's kind of like a, me and my friend Phil, we're calling it like a hippy dippy idea, but like going into the race with acceptance rather than expectation. So Um, day two came around and a whole bunch of clouds moved in and it was actually like 70 degrees, which is unheard of for this event. Usually it's nineties or hundreds and it's just like brutally hot. Um, but the clouds moved in and I was like, in my mind, I'm like, all right, I'm going to accept what the weather is giving me and I'm going to try to push a little bit harder than I initially wanted to because we, we are having this like unexpected circumstance. Um, and then just like logistically, um, being really regimented about making sure you eat something every hour because otherwise you're going to run out of gas. And, Mm. and once, once you stop eating, you're like already behind, you know what I mean? Like once you get hungry in an ultra race, you're already screwing yourself because like, there's no catching up at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, so basically I would set a timer every hour and I would eat some food. I would take an electrolyte pill, um, drink a whole bunch of water 
and that would be kind of my routine and then reset the timer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at each aid station, I downed like two ginger ales. <laughs> that was my, I don't know why I was like, I'm going to drink two ginger ales at each aid station. Um, and then, uh, just power walking, like learning how to power hike. So you're going like on the long day, like I said, it's, you gain like 7,000 feet of elevation. And so it's mostly hiking. Like there's a lot of hiking on that long day. And if you can hike at four miles an hour, or like that's your goal is like a four mile an hour March, um, over time, like think about that versus 3.5 miles, miles per hour. Look how much you're gaining over 40 miles. Right. You know what I mean? Um, and over potentially like nine to 10 hours, you're just gaining so much more by like being focused on that. So, um, it's funny to say on a running podcast, (laughs) but really, um, when I was running, I wasn't that focused. I was kind of like zoned out and just being like, Oh, I'll just go at whatever speed, you know, the Hills are taking me. But when I stopped and I walked, that's when I would become like ultra focused on my pace, which is, so weird to say out loud. <laughs> like when I'm walking, I'm focused on trying to get it four miles an hour. When I'm running, I'm just like, whatever. I don't care right. how fast I'm going. So yeah, it's it's funny to say, but I think I think that's an important um, thing to remember, especially you know as 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 I'm continuing to dabble a little bit in in the ultra world. Um, and, and for those other, you know, especially road runners that, uh, are, are getting into, or, or eventually will get into running trails and, and ultras and things like that. Um, you know, it's, it's a, for a lot of us, it's, it's a bit of a mental hurdle to get over the idea that walking is quote unquote, okay. You know, and yeah. if, if you're, if you're a, a road runner, that's like, no, I'm not gonna, I, I don't walk. Like I, I run my whole race, whatever the distance is, um, and not that there's anything wrong with, with that or wrong with, well, I mean, obviously we don't need to go down that route. I, I you know, run, walk, whatever, whatever you got to do. But you know, if, if you've got that mindset of, of run all the time, um, you get on some of these, these trails and you know, I remember, I think it was Sage candidate when I had him on way back, way, way, way back. Like, I don't know, episode 15 or 18 or something like that. You know, he, he made the comment and it's always stuck with me, which maybe made it a little bit easier for me in the ultras. But he's like, you know, if you get to a hill that you can walk as fast as you can run, like exactly. why on earth would you try to run it? Like it makes, it literally yeah. makes no sense. Um, and so I think that that's, that that's a, an important thing. And, and the idea of staying focused, that's what, that's what got me going on this tangent is like, when I start to, you know, if I, if I start to walk, it's almost like a lot of times I feel like it's like, I, whether I've given up or like, all right, I just need to like, when I walk, I lose my focus. And that's when, you know, the pace slows way down uh, versus if you can stay yeah. focused on that, on that walk or the march or the hike or whatever you want to call it. Like that's, that really does make a difference over, like you said, over the course of 40 miles. That's, that's huge. Yeah. Yeah, man. And I want to just like really hit this point home. Anybody out there can do this event. Seriously. Um, the support crew that they supply for you guys, there's like, there's, uh, a whole medical staff. There was this year, there was one doctor and two, um, kind of like wilderness EMTs who are like the coolest dudes in the world. Um, and the aid station workers. And like I said, a chef, and then at night someone sets up your camp for you. Um, and then of course there's a sweeper behind everybody just in case, you know, someone could get themselves into trouble, which has been known to happen on this course. Um, but anyone can do this. Uh, this year there were 10, there were 10 of us or 11 of us. And, um, 
I mean, I, I always try to tell people like, if you've never ran an ultra or you've never, you know, been around a trail running community, please just go to a race mm -hmm. because the types of people you see that run these things, like they're, they don't look like, um, you know, like the, 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 like the people leading a marathon on right. the New York marathon. You know what I mean? Like it's just regular everyday people who are just tough. You know, they're able to be okay with a little bit of pain, be okay with a little bit of uncomfortableness. And it's just these regular everyday people out there searching for adventure and, and really like being tenacious about it and being, I always call it stubborn. And I don't even mean that in like a bad way. Mm -hmm. I mean it in like the most sincere compliment ever. It's like, you're getting to that finish line no matter what. Um, and that's what you see. And the event is special because of the other people. Mm -hmm. And so I, I guess if you compared this to even a regular 50 K, right? You go into a 50 K, you might know, a few people, you know, you might have gone there with them and you might meet some people on the trail, which is cool. And then afterwards you kind of talk about the day and you go your separate ways. Um, but a lot of us in a 50 K, like we wouldn't know the aid station workers, right? Mm -hmm. You wouldn't know the race director. Um, you know, you might give them a high five at the end. You might say thank you at the aid stations, um, uh, which is, the polite thing to, <laughs> to do, say, if you, you don't, if you don't, you're kind of a jerk. So make sure you do that, whether it's <laughs> yeah, a road race or right? a trail race. <laughs> but for this event, you are camping with the, with everybody all night. You're this weird family traveling through the desert together, right? You barely see anyone else through the week. Like we saw a couple people riding their bike and that was it. Mm -hmm. Um, and so through the camping experience and we kind of joked, we're like, this is like summer camp, but with more chafing and more <laughs> blisters, <laughs> but you, you become this group of people and you bond and it's, it's the part of the adventure that was unexpected to me, but is what every single person leaves with is this bond and this, like, you feel like a team. Right. And so, to kind of compare it, you get back to camp and you're asking how Lori's doing. You're asking uh, how Ricardo's doing. You know, you're, you care about how everyone's feeling through the day. And then some of the aid station workers are like, oh, you know, like uh, so-and-so's in a tough spot right now. And you're like, oh man, like you're sincerely like, I hope they get over that and get mm -hmm. through that. Um, you know, and when you see each other on the trail, you're like encouraging each other, like everyone's rooting for everyone else. And not only that, but like aid station wise, you're excited to get into the aid station because you're going to see your buddies, you know, like uh, I told one of the EMTs, his name's Damon on day two, I knew he was going to be at the mile 28 aid station. And I was like, Damon, you're my only goal, my friend. I'm just going to work to get to you. And, and that's all I cared about, you know, and, and <laughs> eventually I got to him and like, it's just these real moments. Like you, you are seeing people you genuinely care about and you genuinely have grown to like love and appreciate and, you know, everyone's wanting everyone else to succeed. And it's just this beautiful, wonderful experience. Um, my friend Paul, so a couple of us went out and we did it for the second year in a row. Um, and this guy, Paul Shearing, just 
I mean, I, I don't even know how to describe Paul, but he's so wise, you know? <laughs> and at the end of the race, he's like, when I'm king of the world, <laughs> he's like, when I'm king of the world, I'm going to make everyone run a stage race because these are the lessons you learn. You learn to like care for your fellow man and you learn like, like you don't know each other at the beginning of the week and yet you guys all support each other and you're kind of like survival through some really harsh environment, you know? Mm. Um, it's cool, man. And <laughs> we got to our, uh, post-race party at this at this restaurant right and so it's we're back in moab back in society um and we're at this restaurant everyone got there like 30 minutes early so we didn't have our room where all of us were going to do our award ceremony and stuff and you see these like 20 people all trying to cram into one booth <laughs> like we're all trying we all just don't want to be apart from each other so we're all just trying to cram into this booth together and you the restaurant workers are probably like what in the world is going on like who are these people because it's it's this diverse group of people that you're like how did these people find each other you know what i mean like this like i don't know like this italian dude and this guy who has a odd suspicious appearance similar to macho man randy savage like how are they friends like it doesn't even make sense um but we know you know what i mean right i don't know if that made any sense <laughs> no I, I think it doesn't and i think that, that that's kind of a common theme that i've heard from folks that have done like the mainly marathons which is a multi-day event not doesn't include the camping component so it's not quite as as intimate uh but i feel like it's the same i've heard from people that have done like trans rockies where it's 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 that same thing where where yeah everybody shows up and you know it's it's just like quote unquote just like any other race where you show up at the starting line like you said you might know a couple people but you probably don't know very many but because instead of getting to the finish line and disbanding you get to the finish yep. line and then you you break bread and you 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 know maybe have a beer together or you you're rehydrating together you're you're foam rolling together whatever it is you're trying to to make sure you're ready for the next day conversation entails and and obviously you know you're 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 in it together for five or six days like there's going to be some pretty good relationships that get formed in that situation which which only adds to the to the allure of it I I, I would think it certainly does for me I would think for most people as well yeah I mean you're sitting around camp covered in dirt you've only bathed in like the Colorado river, which is freezing cold. You smell bad. Right. Um, the, the last night, uh, in camp, we had the day off, right. And we're getting ready for the marathon and, you know, we're tired and exhausted and sore, but like genuinely having like a great time, we had a campfire and everything, but this storm hits us like a lightning storm, uh, right before we're going to bed. And then at one in the morning, this windstorm is just like shaking the tent. Like it's chaos, man. Right. And from the, from another tent, we just heard someone say, help me, help me. And without question, everybody in their tent, like everyone sprints out of their tents as fast as possible, even though we're all sore and exhausted. Right. But it's like, without question, we were out there and her tent was blowing over because the stakes had flown out and she couldn't find the zipper to get out of the tent. So we're like, banging down on the stakes <laughs> with like wood and stuff and like it was just this this really it it, it like solidified that bond right like mm -hmm. we're in this together it doesn't matter like i know we're technically competing because it's a race but that doesn't matter like all that's thrown out the window like we're going to we want 
genuinely want everyone to make it through that finish line the next day. So, um, yeah, man, it's, it's something special and there's, there's not many stage races in the United States, um, overseas in Europe. It's a big thing. Um, my cousin had done a handful in like the Sahara and Iceland and stuff. Um, but in the United States, there's what trans Rockies. Um, there's one in Texas. I can't remember what that's called. There's like something called the grand to grand, I think, Mm -hmm. but then there's desert rats and desert rats is just this, I don't know how to say it's just this hidden gem. Like people, I want people to know about it, you know? Um, especially like if you're into ultra running, think about the big events, right? Like we're talking about Barkley, mm-hmm. uh, hard rock, Western States, like that stuff. I mean, a lot of those aren't hidden gyms anymore. Right. Uh, Barkley as wonderful and beautiful and weird and quirky and <laughs> everything as Barkley marathons is there's like five documentaries about it now. Like mm-hmm. people know when it happens, people like have seen it. Like the mystery is gone. Right. Um, for hard rock, there's lotteries to get in. You know, you have to wait there and you have to apply and you might not get in Western States. You have to do qualifiers. Like Mm -hmm. these aren't necessarily these hidden gems anymore. And desert rats is a hidden gem still. It's unique. Um, it's so, it's so like, once again, it's so weird to even say, but like you enter the desert a certain way and you leave a new way, you know what I mean? Like based off of your experiences and your hardships and, and teaching yourself that you can overcome, you leave the desert, like as this new, in this new paradigm, like your paradigm totally shifts and you're this new kind of person now, if that makes sense. Like for me, like I've, I've, I've used it to like, you know, I've used it cause it's five days by yourself, you know, Mm -hmm. while you're racing Um, so I've used it to really like take time away from technology and take time to like process my thoughts and process some events in my life. And I'm so thankful that I've, I had that opportunity because it's really helped me like heal through certain moments. Mm -hmm. Um, and then this year, the whole thing of like just overcoming self doubt, like thinking to yourself, like you win the first day and you're kind of like, Oh, that was good. But I'm definitely like, it's, I'm not going to be able to keep this up. And then throughout the week, like continuing, I don't know, just facing that self doubt. Like some of, if you've ever been in the lead of anything, whether it's like, we talked about hockey before, Mm -hmm. right. And you're up like two goals and you're like, this is great. But like, you have that little voice in the back of your mind. That's like, Oh, like we're not going to be able to hold on to this and battling that voice for six days. (laughs) And ultimately like overcoming it is incredible. So, well, that was, that was kind of where I I, can't say it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no. And and it's, uh, that's kind of where I was going to go next is, is, I mean, you know, it's one thing to, to do a race like this, to compete in it, to, to make the friends, to, to get out, you know, get out of the tent every morning and, you know, kind of oil up the, oil up the joints a little bit and, and get things, get things moving. It's another thing to, to be the, uh, the person that finishes first, when, when, you know, when, when did, like you said, I mean, there's that seed of doubt every day. I don't know if I can keep it up. When, when did you, or, or was it not until the very end when you're like, all right, like I, you know, when, when did that kind of enter the, the, the mindset of, yeah, it was nice to win the first day, but versus like, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to finish this thing ahead of everybody else. 
It was when I crossed the finish line. <laughs> like, honestly, it was the battle with that all week because second place was this guy, Morgan Hall, and he's just an incredible runner. Um, he's done speed go a whole bunch of times, and I think he's found, like, a lot of success there. He's, like, 150Ks. He's He's just an awesome, like, really kind of, like, I admired his, like, focus and, like, regimen like regimented nature like he would know what pace he had to keep up to get under certain times and like ultimately i think our main goal both of us was to get under 30 hours um because year one of me doing this i got 30 hours and 40 minutes and there was a special award for under 40 or under 30 and i was like oh man i just missed it um but like watching him because i ran with him a bit on like um, some of the days and just watching him go about it. I'm like, wow, this guy, like I was really, I took a lot of like inspiration from him, but also in the back of my mind, I'm like, he's an amazing downhill runner and the marathon is mostly downhill. Mm -hmm. Like going back into Moab from the mountains, you are going downhill most of the way. And I was like, oh man, he's going to like, he's going to like zoom by and all that. So it was, it was good. I'm like, I'm so thankful. Cause like, I really, because of like just that dynamic and like him being such a strong runner, like it pushed me into, um, kind of, a it pushed me into something I never thought I would actually be able to do. You know, it made me go a little bit that like a little bit faster because, you know, I was like, just really impressed with him, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Well, and anybody who's got a competitive bone in their body in that type of situation, like it just, it just comes out and it's like, all right, I'm I'm going to hold on. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's weird because I definitely have a competitive side. Um, I would not like deny that whatsoever. Um, but once again, like you're rooting for everybody, like you're genuinely like, Oh man, like it would, (laughs) you're generally like, it would be amazing if, you know, if he passed me and, you know, like it would be really cool because you're right. rooting for him. But there is like, I definitely have that competitiveness inside of me a little bit. Um, it's just a lot of times for me in ultras, even though I love running them, that competitiveness gets beaten out of me. <laughs> um, and so the whole idea of like acceptance over expectations is I was basically like, okay, when this race kicks me in the face, I'm just going to have to accept it, you know? And fortunately there was, there was a couple of low moments, but for the most part, it, it went about as good as it possibly could for me. Right. Like, I think if I came back next year, which I might, cause I love the experience so much, but I think if I came back, uh, once again, it would be a whole different, different ball game. Like I think everything just kind of aligned. The, the weather was really like <laughs> it was like 40 degrees the last day and you're in the desert in June and you're like, how is this even humanly possible? Um, so I think all that just kind of aligned and gave me this opportunity to, to be as successful as I probably can be at this race, you know? Right. So, well, and that's, you know, strike while the iron's hot. If the, if the stars are aligned and you're having, you're feeling good, you know, get out there and go. And, and, you know, on the competitive side, I feel like that's, that's one of the beauties of our, of our sport is that, you know, obviously, you know, winning overall, first place overall, like that, that's cool. And that feels good. But, you know, whether, whether or not Morgan caught you or, or whatever, like 
as long as you're still pushing yourself and running hard, like that's cool to be exactly. competitive, but you can also still be cheering for your buddy who's also like, I mean, if yeah. he would have caught you, what a, what an amazing last day that like, that would have been awesome. Like yeah. it would have sucked that, yeah. you, that you would have finished second, but still like you still finished under your goal. You still had a great week. Like, yeah. and he had an awesome, like, I mean, I, I totally get it. And it's, you know, it's a different shift from certainly where I was as a, you know, athlete in high school and stuff where it's like, you know, win, win or else. And, you know, you hope that the, that the other guy loses. And now it's just like, man, I hope, I hope we all like as runners, like, I hope we all win. And if, if that means that I don't finish yeah. first, but I PR, well, hell that's, that's still a pretty darn good day. Yeah. Well, and it's funny cause you, I'm sure you've talked to a lot of runners where they talk about their A goals and mm-hmm. their B goals and then their C goals. And like, going into the week, the goal of like actually like winning was never even like <laughs> on the list of goals. You know what I mean? Um, the A goal was finish under 30 hours and then B goal was like, just have a really good time and like appreciate the trail. And cause like I said, man, it's, it's the Cocopelli trail. It's, it's usually like a mountain biking trail. Mm. Um, I think a lot of people bike pack on it and it's, mind-blowingly beautiful in all sorts of different ways like around each corner is never the same type of scenery it's different like every every which way you go um especially the fourth day the expedition day which you think would be just like long and brutal and it is i mean it is long (laughs) and it can be brutal but the views that you see are spectacular Mm -hmm. you know it's it's what you imagine when you imagine uh like being a cowboy or for me like my only goal growing up was to be indiana jones (laughs) and (laughs) and like you feel like indiana jones out there you know i don't know how else to put it like it's really it's really cool so yeah yeah. and that's and that's what happens on some of these long, long races in the middle of, of nowhere is it's just, you know, like you said, you're, you're unplugged, you're, you're detached, you're, you're refreshed and you can live out a yeah. childhood dream at the same time. Hey, nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And you teach yourself what you can overcome. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said, every single person fought their own battles during the race and and yet every person was able to overcome and be successful in one way or the other. You know what I mean? And you, you teach yourself those lessons because the moments when it's kind of like you force yourself to, right? Because if you feel terrible, but you're out there, like there are two sections where there's 12 miles on the long day, there's 12 miles between aid stations. Mm. So basically you get to an aid station at mile five and then you have to go 12 miles to the next one and you reload with all your food and water and stuff. And then you have to go 12 more miles. And like, that's a long ways from anybody, you know? And if you got yourself in trouble, like you, even though there is a sweeper and there are medical people out there, like you still have to have some sort of personal toughness and personal accountability to get yourself out. Like, Mm -hmm. let's say you decide six miles into one of those sections that you wanted to quit, you wanted to DNF. Well, guess what? Like you have to either go six miles one way or six miles back, like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, uh, and so there's a lot of that, like teaching yourself what you can actually overcome when placed in these difficult situations. Um, and I think those lessons are just completely like they're priceless. Those lessons are completely priceless. I think everyone at some point needs to be able to teach themselves that. 
Yeah, so. and that's that's uh, one of those one of those types of lessons that running can can certainly teach. Um, I want to shift gears a little bit. I I, I, I don't I, yeah, I could keep talking about this all day because it's got me it's got me itching and, and uh, definitely interested in, in looking at uh, maybe you're going to sign up. I I, I, <laughs> I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't. I'll tell you right now. I wouldn't mind. We'll we'll see what uh, I got to you know run it past the boss first. But um, <laughs> like I said, sh- shifting gears a little bit. Um, you know, it's been been a couple years since we talked. I think I think, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that. When we did talk, like Bigfoot, the podcast was about a year old, plus or minus. You kind of gotten through the first year, uh, kept yeah. going, kept 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 uh, kept it up. Um, you know, lo- looking back on the last couple of years, or just the, the podcast in general, how has how has that uh, experience the 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 conversations you've had with other other runners, uh, and not just runners. I mean, other other athletes doing doing some crazy things, some epic things. Um, how has that kind of continued to grow and, and, uh, evolve over the, the last couple of years? Yeah. Well, it started with the whole, like, I'm just going to be consistent. Like I'm going to release one every week, no matter what, and just kind of like see where it takes me because I'm a huge believer in the power of consistency. Like if you keep, keep at something over time, it builds up and exponentially grows into into something else. Right. And, and so I went into it with basically the idea of like, I'm just going to do one a week for a year and see what happens. And, you know, it was funny. Like you start off with like your friends, (laughs) mostly in family and stuff like that. And I'm lucky because a lot of my friends at the time when I started, were doing these like insane adventures, which I wanted to highlight. Um, and but then you just keep doing it and you just chase the opportunity, right? Like if you go in with, with like, I don't know, there's this whole idea of like, you just have to ship it. Right. Mm -hmm. Where basically, you know, my first few episodes, like I'm sure I came in, like, I don't, I don't even like listening to any of them back because (laughs) you know, you criticize, you like are self-critical about the way you're talking or what questions you ask and things like that. Um, but if you go in knowing like, Hey, you know, I'm not going to be like the best of this right away, but over time I'm going to build these skills. And sometimes the only way to build those skills is by actually doing it. Um, then yeah, you, if by doing it over and over again, you just get better and better and better. And as for like the guests, like, dude, I look back on who I've talked to and my mind is blown. I'm like, how in the world you know, I guess just running wise, right? Like, um, I did a podcast recently with like Courtney DeWalter and like, uh, John Kelly, the guy, the last guy to win Barkley and just like that. I'm like, how in the world did that happen? (laughs) Like looking back, I can't even believe it. Um, you know, and then, but then some of the adventures that I've been able to feature and like hear the stories of, because, I mean, as like a selfish endeavor, you're kind of like, I just want to hear these cool stories. Right. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? But just hearing these stories of doing the Iditarod on a mountain bike or hand paddling from Alaska to Mexico, which is, I can't even imagine, <laughs> but like it teaches you what humans can do just by taking it one step at a time. You know, like none of these none of these things happened overnight. You know, it wasn't like someone hadn't done anything, sat on the couch for years and years. And then all of a sudden was like, 
you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to uh, bike to the South Pole. Like that, that doesn't just happen on a whim. And so like, and I think you probably have felt this too, but doing a podcast, but also listening to podcasts, it's this long form that allows you to see the journey and to see the steps along the way. You know, like you don't just, you're not just like, oh, that guy rode his mountain bike to the South Pole, right? You're like, oh, he had to do this and then this and step A through Z that eventually, yeah, eventually he got to the South Pole, but there was all this other stuff um, that led up to it. And, and although like, you know, you can't even capture all that on a podcast, you know what I mean? Like you can't capture every single step this guy took, but you can capture a lot of the big moments and, and I think that's inspiring because I think people need to understand like it's not it's not like freaks of nature doing these things. It's it's regular everyday people who are just driven, a little bit stubborn, and <laughs> and take it that one step at a time though. And and by doing that, eventually you'll get to whatever your goals may be, whether that's run your first 5K or whether that's, um, you know, hike the Pacific Crest Trail or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like you just got to do it one step at a time. And that's those steps are the important things. Um, those steps are the things that eventually get you there. Um, so, so, yeah, man, that's what has really taught me at the end of the day um, amongst like a billion other things. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. Yeah. And and I think that's something that is so easy to, to gloss over. You know, somebody looks at, at you and says, my gosh, like this guy's got 150 podcasts under his belt. Or they look at at me and go, wow, he's at 750. Like, but, but the the same way that I got to 750 is the same way that you got to 150 is the same way that, that somebody else who's just starting their show has gotten to, to 10 is it's just, it's just that one episode at a time. And, and, you know, and, and on the running front, it's like, oh my gosh, I, I would love to run, you know, insert outlandish goal in, in, in each person's mind, you know, right right here. But it's like, you know, nobody that did that, there, there is no overnight success. And I think that's that's beautiful that you pointed that out is that, you know, it's it's the the, the quote unquote overnight success is, is, you know, one years, two years, three years, 10 years, a lifetime in the making by just taking that one, that one step, posting that one episode, going for that one easy run, yeah. it just builds up as long as you stick with it and stay consistent, that's, I mean, that's, that's the name of the game and just about everything, I think. Yeah. Well, let me mention, so, um, the woman who, uh, got 10th in our race, um, cause it ended up 10 people finished. So we're all like top 10, baby. Right, top absolutely. 10. <laughs> Anyways, her name is Lori Miller and she's 60. I think she's either 62 or 64. And, you know, we got to witness, dude, and I'm telling you, I had my sunglasses on. I told Lori, I'm like, thank God I had my sunglasses on. Like I was weeping when she crossed that finish line. Mm-hmm. Um, but we got to witness the finish, right? But I didn't see every single step she took right. during the race. And I definitely didn't see the eight to nine months she spent hiring a coach, training her for it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And by doing that, she put herself, she gave herself the opportunity of finishing, you know, like you got to do that prep work to give yourself that opportunity. And, and, and the prep work isn't pretty, you know, like we talk, like when we've talked, we talked about waking up at five in the morning, going out for a run when everything in your body is telling you to keep sleeping. Right. You know what I mean? Um, 
and that stuff's not pretty, but that's what is required to do, to do something, you know, significant, something that you can truly draw like self-esteem from. Uh, I heard somewhere self-esteem comes from doing esteemable acts. And I was like, huh, that makes total sense, right? Like you don't just gain self-esteem by not chasing your goals. Right. You know, you have to actually like intentionally go out there and and work hard to get it done. And, but when you do, it's so beautiful and so like peaceful because you're like, yes, like it, sh- it just teaches you how much you can accomplish if you focus your energy a bit. Um, and like podcast is the same way, like, um, you like, I guess if you're, I think everyone should start a podcast one. Cause I think face to face or Skype to Skype <laughs> <laughs> like we're doing, uh, but like those conversations, like spending an hour, spending a couple hours, just looking at each other, talking, bouncing ideas off one another is, is something that's a bit lacking these days. And I think there's just so much to be gained by it. Um, but you can't go into starting a podcast expecting that you're going to have like a hundred thousand listeners right off the bat and that you're going to be like super good at this, like that dude on NPR or Joe Rogan or something. You know what I mean? Like you can't go into it expecting that um, because you're not going to, you're already putting hurdles in front of you that you don't need. Um to make a running analogy. Right. Well, and, and the thing is that, that, you know, the, the guys on NPR, Joe Rogan, Mark Maron, whoever, whoever, you know, and, and, and in, in whatever arena that you want to talk about, but as, as we're talking podcasting, yeah. like their first one probably wasn't that good. You know, you, you said that you kind yeah. of don't want to go back and listen to your first episode. I, I, I make the joke, but it's, it's honest truth. You want to listen to a terrible podcast host go back and listen to the first hundred episodes of of my show like i didn't i didn't know what i was doing um and and you know you figure it out and those guys didn't either but we see we see where they are now we don't see the 20 years that rogan spent doing stand-up that that honed his craft honed his his wit his ability to have conversations and to to throw a little snarky one-liner out there you know we don't see all the hours that marin spent we don't see all the all the hours and the the you know the the 10 minute clip on NPR that has 200 minutes of, of audio to get just the right takes and the right, the right things and yeah. the edits to make it work. Um, so yeah, it's, it's so, so often that we get out there and, you know, in the podcasting world, you, you start comparing to the heavy hitters right off the bat on your first episode or as runners, we've been running for two years and we're like, well, God, how can anybody exactly. run a five hour marathon? Like I, I'd be happy to just exactly. run a, a, an hour and a half, 10 K. And it's like, well, just give it, give it some time and pretty soon you'll be running a, a 40 minute 10 K or a 45 minute 10 K or, or a four and a half hour marriage, like whatever you just got to put like, like your friend that finished 10th. I forgot her name, but like, just like her, all that time that goes into it to then be able to get to that, that mark. That's, that's yeah. what counts. That's what matters. Yeah. Like you could go on Facebook right now or whatever and see a picture of, of me crossing the finish line and be like, wow, he finished a 140 mile race. That's insane. But what you don't see is 10 years ago, me leaving my apartment in Iowa city and like huffing and puffing my way through three of the most painful miles of my life, you know, as I'm trying to like get in shape for rugby, you know what I mean? Like you don't, you don't see that moment. And yet when you do, whenever you do like a goal race, right? Like your big race of the year and you are approaching that finish line in, in your mind, you actually think back to that stuff and you're like, wow, like it's just this, 
it's a really obvious thing that all the moments of your life have led you to where you are now. Like that's, that should be really obvious. And yet we forget it during our day to day. But as you're approaching that, you're like, wow, I do remember that three mile run, um, you know, where I was going up a hill and I was barely breathing. (laughs) You know, I do remember, uh, you, you know, I remember my first half marathon, like you, you, all those events have led you to where you are now. And it's because you put the time in and the effort in on those events that have allowed you to do whatever your goal is at this point, you know? Um, so I, I, it's a really kind of like powerful, powerful idea, especially when you're doing something hard and you are in those low moments to kind of like look back on, the work you've put in and not just the work for that specific race, but the work over a lifetime, I guess. Right. Um, so, so yeah, man. Well, that's, uh, that's a very great philosophical little discussion we've had these last few minutes without me even asking a philosophical (laughs) question. And I'm I'm a little bit afraid that if I tried to ask a philosophical question to, to wrap it up, it wouldn't be as beautiful as, as that little bit was right there. So I think I think we'll just cut it off there and, and save uh, good, man. save the next for round three somewhere somewhere down the line. Who knows? Maybe maybe at, at camp at the at the end of one of the days after the desert rats stage or, or something. Who knows? Who knows what the future might hold? Yeah. Um, well, so my my philosophical stuff usually includes a lot of me saying dude and man. <laughs> so uh, I'm, I don't know if I did. <laughs> I don't but think you did, do, so I, that's even better. <laughs> I want to. I want to say. I think even if you've never ran an ultra, you can sign up for Deserats. I mean, we're a year out now. A year is plenty of time to train for this thing. And if anyone needs any advice about training or anything like that, like just email me at likeabigfoot at gmail dot com. Like I would love to like just tell you guys, like, I can't say enough. Like I'm so passionate about this event. It's unlike anything I've ever done in my life. And I just want more people to experience this because it will change your life and you will form bonds and friendships that will last for years and years. I mean, some of the guys I ran with last year, we text every week or call each other or talk and we have these really deep conversations and we've helped each other through hard times in life. Um, and it's because we met on this weird race through the desert, you know, <laughs> Yeah, well, and get in on it while it's still a hidden, hidden gem, because now, you know, there's another 15 people in the world that have heard about it. So it's, you know, it's, it's only going to keep spreading, <laughs> spreading from there, uh, yeah, and, and yeah, getting exactly. bigger and bigger. And pretty soon there's going to be a lottery and a wait list and, and the whole nine yards to get into the desert uh, rats, uh, stage race. But I um, hope not. I hope there's no lottery, but I definitely, I want, I want more people to experience this. And, and I want, I want Gemini adventures, the people who put it on cause they're such wonderful, beautiful people. I want them to put this on. Like I want it to be a forever race. I want it to always be around, you know, it, it definitely sounds uh, awesome. And, and, you know, I, I don't think anybody who's listening can, can sense your passion, Chris. So guys, like, like Chris said, if you, if you're interested in the race, um, I, I would say you could reach out to him for an unbiased opinion, but I think his opinion is pretty, uh, 
it's pretty, pretty biased. biased <laughs> it's not it's not necessarily biased from from the company or the race directors or anything like that. It's biased from a couple of good experiences. But you can yeah, reach out exactly. to him. Uh, likeabigfoot.com is the website. Like a Bigfoot is the podcast. Instagram, Twitter at Like a Bigfoot. Dizruns.com slash seven five one is the link for the show notes today. We'll have everything linked up there. Uh, obviously, lots about the Desert Rats race and and you know all all kinds of other things, odds and ends. Talking about the podcast. Um, but definitely reach out, reach out to Chris, give a show a listen. If you're listening to it for the first time, give it a rating and review. Everybody, every podcaster loves that. Like it's nice to know that people cool. listen a little bit. Um, but, uh, Chris, good to, good to connect again. Congratulations on obviously not only winning the race, but, um, having a, a great experience and a good time. And, and thanks for sharing about it. Definitely has got my interest peaked. Uh, I just have to try to figure out when it's, you know, obviously, make the schedule fit around when the race is to, to get out there and make it happen. But, uh, certainly, uh, looking forward to staying in touch, my friend. And, uh, thanks for coming back and yeah, joining man. us today and, uh, all the best to you going forward. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I really appreciated it. And I love your podcast and I'm a huge fan. So, <laughs> all right, guys, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. Hope you enjoyed the conversation between Chris and myself. And as per usual, be curious to know what stood out to you from today's episode. What was something that uh, we talked about that uh, struck a struck a chord, struck a nerve, rattled around your head a little bit, maybe made you uh, dig that phone out of your pocket, hit hit the re- rewind button back 30 seconds so you could hear it again and, and kind of chew on it and digest it a little bit more. Uh, I actually had several things kind of noted down from from this episode that uh, could have been potential takeaways, but the one that I'm I'm going to settle on is uh, something Chris talked about uh, when we were talking about you know him him winning the stage race and when that kind of became, uh, something that, that was viable, was an option, was something that was on his radar. And, you know, the idea of adjusting your goals and, you know, having, you know, maybe you come into a race, maybe you come into a training cycle with, you know, some, some idea of what you want to do. You maybe, you know, I think Chris said the A, B and C type of goal. Well, just because those are the goals coming in, doesn't mean that those are the goals that that have to always stay in place. And obviously when we're talking about a longer event, like a stage race, um, or a, a training cycle, you know, lots of things can happen. And that's when, when it makes, to me, it makes the most sense to, to be open to the idea of changing your goals, you know, based on how things are going. When you're talking 16 weeks out, 20 weeks out from your race, maybe your goal is just, I just want to be able to finish this bloody thing, but then things are going well. And so instead of keeping that as the goal, maybe you set your sights a little bit higher. And, um, I think that that's the idea of changing goals kind of has a negative perception and, and maybe I've, you know, kind of put that out there that, you know, have your goal, stick to your goal, keep, keep working towards your goal. But realistically, that isn't always possible. Sometimes the goal you set is too big. Sometimes the goal I set is too big and I need to walk it back a little bit, need to be willing to readjust and not not go for broke, not set myself up for, for longer term failure by trying to force the issue and stay, you know, stay on track with this one goal that, that really is probably out of reach. But on the flip side, sometimes you can set your, set your goal, what you think is too high. And lo and behold, kind of like what happened with Chris, all of a sudden, well, shoot, the goal just finishing in 30 hours. I mean, yeah, that's probably going to happen, but I get a chance to win this bloody thing. Well, don't be afraid to change, change your mind, change your focus, reassess, uh, and I think that that's something that, that I could stand to do a better job with. And, and that's probably why it resonated with me so strongly. And maybe it does with you as well. Maybe that's something that you also, uh, could work towards a bit, doing a bit more of adjusting, refocusing, and then getting, getting back after it and maybe doing 
doing more than what originally you thought was uh, achievable. So that's my takeaway. The, the willingness to sometimes reassess, to sometimes change the goals midstream and uh, maybe end up going a bit farther than what was originally uh, anticipated, especially when you're talking about a longer term event. Um, you know, some things can happen. And if things go well, who knows? Who knows what you might be able to adjust to and then achieve simply by changing the goals midstream. So that was my my takeaway. What about you? What stood out to you from this episode? Let me know. I'm at Dizruns on Twitter, at Dizruns on Instagram. Uh, you can also send me an email, Dizruns at gmail.com. And of course, you can head over to the show notes today. We got some photos of, of Chris running uh, the stage race and uh, a few other random photos as well. Dizruns.com slash 752 is the link to get you to the show notes. I think I said 751 in the recording, but it's it's 752. So you can you can make that adjustment. I know you're capable. Dizruns.com slash 752 is the link that'll take you back to the show notes for today's episode. Uh, and while you're there on the show notes, after you leave your, your thoughts and comments, click over to the homepage. That'll get yourself entered into the drawing, entered into the giveaway. Free custom training plan. You can also go to Dizruns.com slash giveaway, and that'll get you entered as well. And if you're wondering, I'm not trying to be shady. Yes, that will put you on my email list. But uh, I like to think, and you can be the judge, you know, maybe maybe I'm biased. I'm, I'm probably biased. But I like to think that for the most part, my emails are worth reading. They're, they're, it's not just your typical newsletter, kind of spammy, check out my latest post, check out my latest episode, hire me, buy me, yada, yada, yada. Um, it's, it's basically my blog posts are my emails. I don't really write blog posts other than the show notes. But uh, I write emails instead, and those kind of serve as blog posts. So I like to think they're actually worth reading. Might as well enter the giveaway, find out, check them out. If they're not, obviously you can unsubscribe, although that will pull you out of the giveaway. So, you know, just be aware of that. Um, But, you know, you can just not read them until you get to that one that says winner, winner, chicken dinner on the subject line. And then, hey, that's the one you might want to check. Not for nothing, but that's the one you might want to check at least each and every month. So get yourself entered, disruns.com slash giveaway or right there on the homepage, disruns.com. And also don't forget, disruns.com slash DDOS. That's disruns.com slash Delta, Delta, Oscar, Sierra. That'll get you entered or get you the information in case you want to register for the Diz Days of Summer Virtual Challenge raising money for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. And if you have any questions about anything related to the the virtual challenge that, that, uh, run that's going to be a lot of fun from August 11th to August the 24th are the, the technical dates, but we, we can fudge those a little bit. If you've got something you want to move the dates around a little bit to make it work for you better, hey, who am I to say that it has to be a one-size-fits-all? I'll, I'll, I'll adjust. I'll adapt. I'll still allow you in, and I'll still gladly accept your support for the uh, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society and the fight towards ending leukemia and lymphoma here in the States and around the world. Um, but uh, thank you for the support of that. Thanks for everybody who's registered so far. Thank you for uh, considering registering for that as well. And you get a nice nice little medal uh, and a whole lot of digital swag that's uh, pretty pretty epic stuff, if I do say so myself. So anyway, you know, you know all that stuff by now. Uh, check it out if you have any questions on anything. The giveaway, the virtual challenge, shoot the little things course any of the random stuff that i've got floating around the internet feel free to ask on uh you know i'll always i'll always just answer your questions and let you decide if you know whatever it is you're asking about is the right thing for you so uh with that we'll go ahead and uh pull this ship officially into the harbor uh but thank you for listening thanks for uh all the support all the love all the uh all the the messages and the notes and things like that that i get from y'all it really is appreciated and uh certainly uh, it's nice to know that uh so many people are listening and care about the show 
and uh, you know, have no plans, no plans on stopping anytime soon. Um, so onward and upward, 752 down. Who knows how many more to go? So at least another 750, I would say, if not, probably a few more than that as well. But uh, anyway, until next time, please be well. Please take good care. Thanks again for listening. Thanks for sharing the show. Thanks for telling other people about Diz Runs Radio. That's how the show continues to grow. So y'all spreading the words. Thank you for all that you do to support me. And until next time, y'all take care, all right? See you guys. Mm-hmm.